This is fun. I'll I'll provide the imbalance this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two negatives make a positive, <laughs> I think, though. Yeah. But, Sammy, this is sick. You're here today. Yeah. Last time you've been on my show was episode zero. Really? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a couple years ago. It was, like, the pilot episode. Uh, it was kind of basically you showing me the studio and how to plug properly plug in the gear, and then we made an episode about it. Oh yeah, I think I just kind of generally waved my hand. It's like it's just plug it over there. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I, I don't just remember. Walked away and got nachos or something. No, <laughs> I think we talked about some things. I don't remember what it is, but uh, yeah, honored to have you back. If you guys don't know, Sammy, Sammy is the creative director and my studio dad, Girth <laughs> Radio. He's the goat, the god, oh, and wow. um, the reason why I do this show in this place. And uh, yeah, so just like no, thank uh, you, Sean. It's great. You've been doing, you've been killing it too. You had the dude from Anvil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a good one. I'm getting lots of good reviews from that one. And yeah, and you you too, Nick Cannon the other week. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you guys work my way to roar, towards Mariah Carey. Yeah, <laughs> I always say this too because. Uh, some people listen to my show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. I want to entice you to go to our home base, www.girthradio.com. Every episode has its own homepage. You'll see some pictures of us in the studio, and you'll also be able to see uh, Sammy's couple shows, In Session mm-hmm. and My Summer Lair. Yeah. Thank you. That's Sick. a nice plug. I should take you like everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just at parties. Uh, yeah. It's like, hey, hey, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Who was that guy? I don't know. That guy was cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, what's going on today is we got our – I have a guest coming in pretty soon. His name is Monroe Chambers. He's got a movie coming out this weekend called Knuckleball. And, Sammy, I watched this yesterday – and it's basically a rated R home alone. Whoa. Yeah, and the guy coming in, he was uh the the lead bad guy in it, and this kid just fucks him up, stabs him, <laughs> lights him on fire. It was insanity. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good movie in other words. Yeah, yeah. I I like um lost what's what's the thing like where you extend your disbelief? Like I was I got oh, so suspension into it. disbelief? Yeah, yeah. I I actually compare it to the shining, the intensity of it. And yeah, I was just in. I like expect him to come in like full of scarred up burn marks. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. It's and, playing right. It's uh, it's gonna be released uh, this weekend. Uh, yep, yeah, to, uh, tomorrow. But you guys listening, that is tonight at the Carlton Theater. So check it out. And I believe it's playing for a week there. And I recommend it. I recommend a lot of things, but I'm not just plugging it. I fucking enjoyed this movie, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, that's one of the great things of this gig. You get to hang out and do a lot of cool things and see a lot of cool people and then get meet like and watch a lot of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy. Like I start to think sometimes this podcast is just one big excuse to talk to cool people. That's it. Yeah. That should be your tagline for the show. (laughs) Yeah, it's my (laughs) we're all about Uh honesty here. (laughs) And um, yeah, at the end of the show, me and Sammy are going to talk about some awesome shit coming up in Toronto. Bits Blood in the Snow Horror Movie Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, anything you want to say about that? A little teaser for them? Or? Uh yeah, we're gonna talk about that, but also Horrorama, which you and I went to last year. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Uh so there's a couple of good horror things. This this October and ending into November. 
it's a good time. Like we got the new Halloween movie coming out. Right? So excited! So it's uh, we're gonna. This is gonna be a scary episode, I think. For this episode, I think you need to put on your nightlight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's all going down. And yeah, without further ado, we got Monroe Chambers, Knuckleball Turbo Kid, coming at you right now. Sammy, did. Uh, do you ever listen to my intros and notice I do the high pitch voice? Yeah. Can you try it? Can you say Monroe Chambers coming at you right now? Monroe Chambers coming at you right now. Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. All right, I'm with Monroe Chambers, a.k.a. Turbo Kid. Yes! <laughs> um, I watched Knuckleball last night, and then uh, I hit up your IMDb, cool. and you played such a different role than Turbo Kid that yeah. I didn't even realize you were the same They're guy. The same guy. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, wow. Knuckleball <laughs> was insane. Um, yeah. How did it feel to get into that character? Was it hard to like kind of get into that mindset and it wasn't hard and it sounds strange when i say it, but it's it's fun you okay know? cool it's cool yeah to kind of dip in those characters especially for me who have never played that and i think if it wasn't for peterson and ironside kind of talking it over i don't think you take my shell and put it in that role especially the way it's written so for me it was a lot of fun to really dive into this character with my look um, because on the page we all visualize something different when you're reading the script mm-hmm. so that was a lot of fun to find little nuances and little things about history and past and family to really bring that out and especially with Michael who's just uh, as seasoned as they come and as you know depthful of an actor as you can get so for us to talk about our relationship our past things like that it was just it was a lot of fun yeah it was isn't yeah I look back at your film history and everything too and it's like just it's a lot different yeah so 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 different and yeah it's it's super fascinating too how was it like on the set like working with the younger boy and like because you had like intense moments back and Mm. forth he totally fucking you up this whole movie (laughs) and you're like chasing trying to murder him with a bat (laughs) and like like what what would happen when it said cut would you guys still like kind of try to be in that zone is it seemed like the exhausting it is it is exhausting um the the best thing for me was that on that i had ironside there um he's always been since we did turbo kid we've done three films together and he's been a mentor for me and um a confidant to go on and off off camera and so for these kind of characters because they're so heavy and so deep it it always ranges the same way when you do extreme emotions whether it be lust love grief pain anger uh vengeance those kind of things mm-hmm. when it's that was that intense you have to find a way to step away um and so a lot of actors they'll try to do it all day every minute of every day they walk on there and they won't detach and that'll that'll hurt you because you're you're artificially in a sense moving your emotions yeah in, yeah. in a non-organic way mm-hmm. but the best part of it was that i had a in a weird way a dance partner with luca 
that it made it easy because he's he's so for a kid that age to be so aware of his fellow actor and to be so aware of the process and understand what I'm going through trying to get into this headspace and have this little dance with him of a cat and mouse style yeah um, he was just so professional so understanding and where there's times where I had to go to him and make sure he was okay because you know certain looks and certain moments and it's very intense mm-hmm. he had the professionalism and the the caring the, the, that care to look to me and say is everything okay are you alright and I was, like, I was like man I'm supposed to worry about you right yeah now. yeah <laughs> I mean, he was he was great I couldn't have asked for a better partner and we really had a again a strange way a lot of fun trying to build that relationship and that tension yeah that's cool to hear that from you because like I noticed as I was watching it I was just getting so intense and buying into like both of your characters into the moment and it was kind of pitched to me before I watched it that it was like a rated R home alone yeah but when I ended up watching it like I almost got the vibe of The Shining where it's that whole ending of Jack Nicholson like it was a little more maniacal and not slapsticky at all even though he set some traps it was more just brutalness going on yeah well there was inspirations from both i think i think that's we like mike always laughs when he hears those comparisons but it really when it was all said and done and when it was all finished it really is something unique and that's i think Mm -hmm. for any film you want to make you want that's the goal and i think when people walk away yeah there's inspirations excuse me that um you can find but i think it is a film beside itself which is really cool yeah yeah and uh they did a great job as you were slowly getting mangled like with the makeup like what they, they did to amazing, your face yeah. like uh yeah how long did it take to put that makeup on because it looks so realistic with all like the burn boils and, and like the cuts. cuts and yeah it's a, I, if, if i remember correctly because it was two years ago we did it um i think it was about an hour and a half a day wow an hour and a half to put it all down maybe yeah. an hour and a half two hours maybe a little less but they were so efficient like they were incredibly they were incredible what they were doing and the work there was uh just fantastic there it was it was really good but it got interesting during the night shoot during all the night sequences because when we were in edmonton um we hit gold where it was like negative five negative six not too bad it wasn't too bad and then as soon as the night shoot hit negative 35 negative 30 yeah so we had to be really careful of the prosthetic because it's silicone based so if it's out there too cold it turns into an ice pack so that's where you got to be careful but they were super professional everyone on set was amazing about it they were incredible but making sure that how I was feeling how was the tingling it was great it was fantastic yeah that's tricky I was gonna ask where you shot that too like a lot of it kind of looked like Ontario to me at first oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah but uh yeah I even heard like a fact like a couple years ago there was one point in Edmonton where it was actually colder than it was on Mars yeah negative 60 <laughs> or something it was 60 60 below or something I know it's crazy like, that's insane but As yeah. a, we didn't get any of that which thank god yeah yeah but, uh, especially for Luca too and Ironside you know but um no we 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 only got that one week spell but yeah edmonton was a great city and it was that was my first time being there so our second time but first time working so wicked wicked and yeah you've had a long career as an actor like when did you start acting again i was seven seven wow wow when i started doing commercials and stuff cool cool was that like uh something you were drawn into or was it like something your parents were like oh i got a cute kid (laughs) let's kind of throw him this way i was doing sports i was playing hockey baseball basketball i was doing all that and then i had family in the business um, Colin Mockery and Deb McGrath. Uh, those are my my uncle and aunt, and so they. I always loved 
putting on characters. I always loved doing that kind of stuff. Like when I was like four, I said to my dad, I want to be Bugs Bunny. I was <laughs> cool, like, that's, cool. the, that's my occupation. That's what I want to do for my job. And he, nice. he told me, he's like, you, you, son, you can't be a cartoon. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not a thing. Like, because in his mind, he goes, I want to, no, I want to be Bugs Bunny. Like, let me be a cartoon. How do, <laughs> yeah. I, how do I do this? What do I get? In? What schooling do I have to do? Yeah. Um, and then when I was like, I think it was like seven and a half or something. I booked an Alphabets commercial and then the commercial's me and I get sucked into this world and I become a cartoon. So I kind of laughed at his point. I was like, ah, I did it, huh? Oh, yeah. Nice, but, uh, nice. No, I, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to perform. I loved that, but it was never something that I thought of. Like, it was never like to be like, I want to be this actor. That It was never, mm-hmm. to be truly honest, it was never like that. It yeah. grew into that when I started to get older and truly understand the craft and truly understand the the professional side of everything but it, it became like a really fun like it was like hockey basketball trampoline wrestling and then it all withered down and it was like well which one do you want to do because you can only do one and nice, when nice. i was like 12 13 it was like no this is this is the only thing i want to do and, and then you get serious yeah so i guess yeah it's just like a natural extension to your personality to go in that direction like yeah i i grew up loving like the actors i grew up loving were dustin hoffman robin williams tom hanks Sidney potier um spencer tracy like older films that my dad would let me watch um and then the newer ones but my i idolized robin williams i just wanted to be uh that outlandish but he he amazed me and that's why the for this film it was important for me to be able to do something like this this offbeat from what people usually know me from because I was so attracted to that actor who could play Fisher King and Mrs. Doubtfire Mm. to me that was just insane Yeah. so to get the opportunity to play something like this and I've had a couple opportunities recently which will come out later on is fun to just test that fear challenge yourself that's it's it's the best thing you can do as an actor i think yeah that's awesome it's only going to make you grow and grow and not pigeonhole you into like tight casting into a certain Hopefully, role you know? yeah. no <laughs> definitely like i didn't even know you were the same guy from turbo kid until i looked yeah. at it. i was <laughs> like what i'm like oh i get to interview turbo kid too <laughs> bonus <laughs> but yeah that's sick i also noticed too as i was uh looking up on your page too you are doing a sequel to that right or is it po- well, yeah the we I, I can't give any information on that. Like the RKSS have said that we're doing it, and I know that everybody involved wants to do it. So I th- what I like is they're taking their time. Uh, yeah. They're not going to rush into something, and they're going to make sure that when, when, and if we do one, um, we will try to do our best to honor the film that people loved that yeah. watch it because we understand the following that came without it which was insane oh yeah it but yeah people seem to just have like that itch for like the old retro stuff and even yeah. like in video game culture like Turbo Kid reminded me of a game called Far Cry yeah where it's the 80s perception of what 1990 something's gonna be and I think yeah. Turbo Kid was 1997 apocalypse yeah. and, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Mad Max on BMX's and exactly. yeah it was wonderful man well it was a uh, well, then the RKSS that was their love note to their childhood mm-hmm. that's because they were born in the uh, in the 80s and they went through the, I'm a 90 baby but um, there's so many easter eggs of inspiration and yeah it, it's just a love note to it. and there's so many things that people when we had premieres and stuff they would ask the RKSS was this an inspiration is, is this an inspiration or they asked me and I was like I don't know but I'm pretty sure and they go yes 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 yeah. yes <laughs> they added so many and they took so much time with the first one and mm-hmm. I think that's why they're with the second one if and when it happens they want to make sure that they have that same sense of uh 
nostalgia with it that really hits home. Yeah. So we'll see. But I I know for sure that everyone wants to be a part of it. Yeah. So. I, don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm an 80s baby. And even though, like, there's, like, a lot of madness and gore in it, there's something that just makes my heart warm watching it. I don't yeah, know if yeah, it's yeah. The, the synth soundtrack and, like... That's yeah, wild, man. <laughs> yeah, like... But like you said, like, the references to the whole thing, like, the yeah. one guy with the blades shooting out, that's almost like a Mega Man boss, like, a- exactly. weapon. Exactly. But only, like, he's shooting it at people, which is disgusting instead of, like, robots who just, well, like, explode. Yeah, for me, it was Power yeah. Rangers Mega Man. That's what yeah. I saw. And it was, like, a, there's a lot of Luke Skywalker. There's a lot of, you know... Yeah, like, a little all, bit of everything. Evil yeah. Dead and all, and all that stuff. Yeah. But, what was your reaction when you read that script? Was it just... It was like, the wildest thing I've ever read. Yeah. It was the wildest thing ever. I remember reading it, and it was so different from, like... Uh, you know, kind of like knuckleball in that sense, where I'd been doing, you know, Degrassi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a couple other dramas, and it was always these, you know, art house films that we were reading for that that we were always in discussion about. And then I read this ridiculous genre film, and I was like, I don't even know how to like because it sounds hilarious, but it yeah, also yeah. sounds heartwarming. And so like this beautiful love note, and it's also like it was crazy. And I remember I showed it to my father when we were discussing an audition for it, and I was going to meet the directors, and he reads it and he goes this will be the most fun you've had in your career. Wow. And I said, yeah. And he goes, if you guys are a match, you have to take it. I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) We both kind of read and we're like, this just seems like the most fun you'll ever have. And it was. It was just, it was a completely different experience. Not that the other ones weren't weren't fun. They were very fun. Yeah, definitely. But this was a chance to be a superhero. Yeah. You get to fight the bad guy. You get to be that little kid that everyone, like I always wanted to be... I, my thing when I was a kid, I wanted perfect, pr- Professor X to knock on my door and tell me I had some powers and to come and I'll, he'll help me teach me how to use them. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted. <laughs> so this was kind of like a version of that. It was kind of that I get to be a superhero and I get to get and save the girl and kiss the girl and, and beat the bad guys. And it's it was just an absolute joy to to get that opportunity. Yeah, fantastic, man. Yeah, it's kind of, it's cool to hear like that behind the scenes layer of it too because even like I think of like movies like that and it's like, yeah, that's the role you, that's like a dream role in a way. Yeah. It's just from effects to storyline and everything. And, and, but it was also very, uh, run down like we yeah. had the mannequin heads we had the too much blood we had, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, the, the outlandish kind of like the harrison ford slash indiana jones or like, it, like the indiana jones han solo style uh guy, guy like, yeah. uh, like frederick the arm or the uh the arm wrestler and like he was hilariously comical but a little bit big but not too big and so we we really had a really fun time finding the middle ground there and again having ironside there him doing you know i, I countless amount of characters like that where they're broader but they have a grounded root that was fun finding that balance and then you take that on when you do other genre films it was just it was a blast yeah and it's 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 cool that you mentioned like he did this the same movies and like so you're kind of becoming like his go-to guy for acting oh for films like that the one thing too is that he's so funny because he's he's done all these like villains and these genre characters and you know these big big characters like even like you know um uh scanners and stuff like these big big characters but he's he's all about the details Mm -hmm. like he's the best way i can describe him is he's he has a silver spoon in cinematic knowledge, but he's got a blue collar work ethic. It's something I've trying to tell everybody is that he he knows films. 
not like not just the films that he's been a part of. He just knows film. He's just he loves being he loves acting yeah. and he loves film. But he's a Toronto boy from the East End. Yeah, wow. And like you as an actor, like doing drastically different things to challenge himself. It seems like he's doing that with his movies as well. Yeah, that's yeah. all he's ever done. And he's like he's just such a he's such a talented, intelligent man and actor. Yeah, but he's he's great. Yeah, perfect team. It sounds like. Well, oh, we have we have fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see the next one, whatever that may be. <laughs> yeah. Turbo Kid Two coming soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exclusives. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I, I'm not gonna bug you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you were saying you were doing media all day. Like, how you feeling? Like, it feels good. Honestly, yeah. it's just it's great to you know, doing television for. I did a lot of films when I was young, um, and that was how I started off and and then I did uh, some television uh, you know Latest Buzz and uh, Degrassi here in Canada and doing that for so long to get into the indie film side over the last three years three four years it's been a joy and you really get this camaraderie of um, 18 to 30 days and you're grinding it out you're trying to make your days and you're ma- you, it's from start to finish you've you've built your arc you know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and then when you're when it's all said and done it's out of your hands but you just hope people watch it yeah we don't get to determine if it's good or not nobody does it's based on your opinion but the mm-hmm. fact that people are going to be able to watch it that's huge that's what every filmmaker wants just please watch it and if you like it dope if you don't all right yeah. but then i'm gonna make another one mm-hmm. it's it's just it's nice to get out and talk about mike peterson and the grind he's been on and like he's made some great films and now he's made this one we got another one coming out that we worked out together i uh, worked on together in calgary earlier this year oh, uh cool. right now it's called a boat movie i think it's gonna be something different um Nice. I don't know if the name's going to change. Yeah. But Are you allowed to say what it's about? Or? Yeah, it's about three uh, three best friends who get stuck on a boat uh, in the middle of the ocean. And uh, it's like having your best friends... Everything you ever wish you would say or do to your best friends, because you have so much history, gets done. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of like an... It's like a... It's like a, a comedy drama thriller. Cool. It's it's got a lot of lot of lot of layers to it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you take like a lot of like really interesting roles. Are you picky with like the scripts you end up reading? Or no, I no? I, I want to work. Okay, uh, cool. Now at the same time. I want to challenge myself if there's a role there that you know that I think is challenging or something I've never done before or something that maybe even scares me you know like that's something that I think it's nice to take the leap on like this character here it's a little scary because it's like no one's ever seen it before but it's exciting it's like it's that like hockey players getting on, on the ice for the first time yeah you, know, yeah. you get to do that so I love that like if I got to pick and choose brilliant but it's also you never know when you're the right fit for somebody else mm-hmm. so when you get to play which is what we're trying to do we want to play you make it the best you have yeah that's cool that you talk about like being scared to do a role or something mm-hmm. or having that anxiety because yeah, uh, I was yeah. talking to somebody today about this actually and that's usually those moments in your life of a growth gonna happen like you level up in your craft whatever yeah. that means and like just because you're stepping out of your comfort zone you're like the almost like I don't know what's gonna happen and whether it succeeds or fails like it's just gonna be a big like lesson out of it that's it for for me fear is only a bad thing if you let it consume you and mm-hmm. if you don't know how to use it fear is great because yeah. in this world like Ironside taught me this in this world there's only love and fear that's it and fear is always trying to get back to love it's a very important um, feeling and emotion if you use it the right way mm-hmm. like me and Ironside have the exact same this is where we always laugh when we first met each other for the first day of filming I don't sleep I can't do it 
because there's that anxiety. He was like, because you, you've built up this character in your head. You've done rehearsals and you felt it, but it's never been put on. The makeup, the, cl- the wardrobe, the lighting, the situa- the set. You don't know until you get on the floor and then you have your first few takes and you're like, okay, this is working. Or it's not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have to adjust, right? But there's always that little bit of fear and it's, it's like a little version of theater. Yeah. And if you don't have that fear, then I don't feel like... Not fear, that, that emotion in your stomach, those butterflies. Mm-hmm. I think if I ever lost that, then I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Because that, that, that love is gone, that, that yeah, passion yeah. and that desire is gone. Yeah, and sometimes that anxiety feeling just comes, Yeah, like you mentioned, the passion. It's because you care so much. Yeah. So it might not even because you're scared to do it. You just like want to do it right. And like, Yeah, you want to you you show up. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit of work. You got to go to work and you got to perform. But at the same time, our, what we do for work is something we love. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure it's a good performance. But at the same time, we don't know. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's, it's a, and fear, again, people look at fear as being afraid. <laughs> but fear is so many different colors, has don't, so many different shades. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's fun to explore that. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, like, uh, you used to, like, read the X-Men and stuff. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. is there any, like, comic book character that you dream to play someday? I, I grew up loving Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler was huge. Um... I can see you as that too. You kind of got like yeah, the build fun. and the hair yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's paint and blue. There's Nightcrawlers <laughs> sitting right across from me. Honestly, I, I'd I'd be happy with any of the X Men. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, it's one of those things where uh, it's hard to pick one. There's so many different. Yeah, I could even I, I, see you as like a Gambit too. I would love to play Gambit. Yeah. That'd be great. He's he's a badass yeah. character. I heard like Sammy. You know more than this, yeah. but uh, are they making a Gambit movie? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yes, the- um, it's Channing Tatum. That's the only That's one right. who's kind of like. There's been a couple of different directors and a couple of different directors, uh, writers and directors, kind of attached. Yeah, and it keeps getting pushed back. It's starting to shoot, hopefully in 2020. Okay, that's so, gonna be the later. Yeah, it's uh, it's a mess though. But you can rescue it. No, pff, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no. I think Channing Channing Tatum's gonna do. By Channing the way, Tatum. I think you'd also make a really good Iceman. Iceman would be fun. You Iceman have the sarcasm <laughs> and you have the the good jaw for it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, that, think I, I I tell you right now, I'll do any of them. Like I I don't care. Like it'll be fine. I, yeah. I I'll do Beast. I also lo- I loved. Uh, I'm excited for the uh, Titans. Mm-hmm. The, the teenage Teenage Titans to come out. Teen Titans to come out. Um, because I, I think that's such a good story. So I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm a huge fan like that. Yeah, cool. Even you, even you said at the early age, like it's like your interest sports acting. You yeah. mentioned wrestling as well. Yeah. Were you a big like uh, wrestling fan? WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jeff yeah, Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you wanted to jump off the ladder and the say like yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my brothers used to watch it all the time. It was always uh, Kane and Undertaker or uh, the Hardy Boys. Wicked. There was, there was a, that was always uh, the two that we loved. Yeah. Yeah, that was um something that I was like really into at a younger age and now yeah. I am getting back into it especially with the show I've been interviewing like some wrestlers and stuff oh, no and uh, Bobby Lashley was sitting where you're sitting right? Bobby Lashley yeah, yeah he was sitting here yeah. I don't think the seat's big enough yeah. right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like was, I feel pretty comfortable and that man's a huge man yeah it was crazy he he looked like a like built like a G.I. Joe but in real life like just all his curves and <laughs> so I, I, I like I never seen that. that before it was like Jesus. but uh that's, yeah. a, that's a large man yeah yeah but that's uh funny. but yeah so like if you were to jump in the ring it would be like more like the hardcore extreme like flippy style yeah, type I thing. Think, I like Bray Mysterio too. He oh yeah, was a lot yeah. of fun and you know the crew. I remember like 
watching a lot of the cruiserweight back then in the 90s and mm-hmm. stuff. And I, th- I also think, like, when I was doing that, me and my brothers were, like, trying to wrestle all the time. But I actually did wrestle in high school. Oh, okay, uh, like, cool, cool. Wrestling. Like, nice, I, nice. I actually did that. But yeah. um, but the other wrestling, too, that also helped with... I, I, li- I like to think it did. I don't know if it did, but with stunt work. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, yeah. Things like that, just know how to take a punch. Yeah, so a yeah, lot of, fall properly. Like that's a, it. A lot of stunting is... It's not about the punch you give. It's about how you receive it. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like the same thing with they say about acting. It's not about acting. It's about reacting and all that kind of thing. But yeah, um, with somewhere it's about how to take that punch. Yeah. In knuckleball, did you do a lot of your own stunts? Yeah, I did my stunts except for um, there was a few specific ones like the uh, I don't know how much I can give away, but it, there's a it's in the trailer. So the fire sequence. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Falling down the stairs. Uh, John, what's his last name? John. Anyway, my stunt double, John. Uh, I forget his last. I could find it really quickly, but yeah. um, he was insane. He was yeah. amazing. And Shout he had, out to John. It mm-hmm. was amazing from the side profile. Even me when I was watching, I was like, he looks like me. Like they did a great job casting for that stunt double. And him falling down the stairs, little things like that, in the fire sequence, he was just incredible. Yeah. But when it comes to like actual fight sequences and stunts, I do like doing my own stuff. Yeah, wicked too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you said like you and the kid kind of had like a friendly relationship too. You're mm-hmm. like. Like picking them up, throw them up. Well, and that's yeah. where you got to be careful, right? Because that's where the biggest thing with stunt work is people get too excited and mm-hmm. like how you do WWE and stuff like that. People try to pretend you get too excited instead of doing 80%, which you should be doing. People try to go 100, and that's when people get hurt. Yeah. And uh, Luke was very understanding of that. But he really, like, there's times where we're like, well, maybe we'll go right into the mat. He's like, no, if you go too hard, things could ha- things could mess up. You could hit mm-hmm. something. There could be the dresser there. But he was very understanding. And I had to make sure for me also, I was like, I'm I'm not going to do anything too physical with him. Yeah, there's no yeah. way. I, there's no way I'll do it. I had a great experience that I like to a story I like to tell when I was on uh, a film called Our Fathers. Okay, down yeah. back in the nineties, and I I always forget the actor's name, but um, it was about the Boston priest molestation trials, <laughs> and so I had to do a, a scene where I was in the car with uh, one of oh, the yeah, priests. So you're like the victim. I was the victim. In, yeah. in that scene, and I remember we were doing a scene, and he had to put his hand on my knee, and then it would cut around everything. But I remember how comfortable he made me feel, and mm-hmm. how much you know i was very educated on what the situation was very aware of what, what the whole situation was but i remember him talking to my father and talking to me and really making me understand that at no point is it ever going to go above the knee it'll always be there they're going to cut around it it'll never make me feel uncomfortable like that and he made me feel so safe in understanding that we're acting mm-hmm. we're just playing here yeah yeah and i never felt scared or fearful so when i'm in this scene in these in this film you I, took that I really try to make sure with Luke I'd be like if there's any time at any point if there's anything that makes you feel this way you tell me we, we pull back say cut and because you don't want to there's certain things about finding real fear and finding real love and real happiness and real joy and real like you know those kind of emotions but mm-hmm. when you're dealing with Luke and he was such a professional anyway but to make sure that you know you make someone feel safe yeah yeah when That's... you're working like that when you're doing intense heavy stuff yeah, that's so interesting to hear you too. Because even like as a viewer, like I, it was so intense. Like I was having moments of like genuine like jumps as I was watching it and yeah. stuff like oh, that well, thank too. You, like I appreciate that. So yeah, it's it's really cool to hear like the behind the scenes of your relationship because mm-hmm. it just <laughs> looked horrifying. <laughs> like, to, but yeah, it came out awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. Well, as of right now, I'm gonna find out what bar what beers people are drinking right now. 
Do I see a delirium? Um, no. Sorry, just inter- yeah, yeah. Do yeah, you think? One interesting thing is you get to see dates happening here. I was gonna say, yeah, I was, I was like, some, some body language. We've seen some good dates and some bad. Oh, some bad dates. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. Yeah, actually, Monroe, how do you f- like feel about this like weird radio studio bar type thing? Have I you ever been right. interviewed in one of these places? Like, no. no, I've done little. I've done interviews at bars before, but it's usually with uh, you know, we have cameras and it's it's set up like that. Yeah, but this yeah. is such a fun. Like podcast station Where you really get to see Like you were saying before That sometimes it's dead out there And nothing's going on But it's fun to people watch a little bit And yeah, see people yeah. interact And it's 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 a great little spot Yeah t- uh, You should tell them about that one Tinder date We uh, oh, became oh, no. like um, uh, Jukebox shamans And they didn't even know We were oh, like no. uh, <clears throat> It was uh, So there was one night It was a it was a February night, I think, February or March, and I was meeting Sean, and it was just a really bitter, cold night, and so there was nobody in the bar, like, no, there's no reason to leave or whatever, right. and so Sean and I were sitting at the table over there, and I said to Sean, there's, like, a really pretty brunette over there, just, like, a nice sweater or whatever, mm-hmm. but she's just kind of sitting by herself, and it seemed like she's just drinking by herself, and it just seemed, like, weird that somebody would put on pants and come in the middle of this freezing weather <laughs> to this, mm-hmm. and Sean's like, yeah, whatever, so we were just kind of talking about business and catching up, whatever, and this other dude came in and sat at the table beside her, and then they were both t- Texting, and then they turned around and was like, "Oh, it's you! It's you!" And so, oh no way! They were setting up. It was like some sort of Tinder blind date thing or whatever, and they just sat at their opposite tables. And so, because there was nobody else in the bar, um, we started watching them. And they were she was leaning in, she was laughing, and he was, you know what I mean? It was a good day. You could see the chemistry starting to go. Oh, that's really sweet. So I said to Sean, "We got to help them." So (laughs) (laughs) we we went over the jukebox and we started putting on like Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> yes. Any anything that was like romantic that we could like find or like we're struggling to come up with songs and like no what's way. the one who did that one and like <laughs> you know what I mean? One of the girls did that it? works here, Kayla, she went over and she gave him like uh, icebreaker shots on the house and like that's cool. And so they ended up leaving together. Um, I don't remember really what they look like, so we don't know if they've ever came back or whatever. But they left together, so we scored their first date for hey, them. If they get married, you guys are the reason. <laughs> they owe us, so, right? So shout out to the couple at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> and it was funny. It was just like me, Sammy, and the bartender here. We're just like <laughs> watching this date, oh and like God. they didn't even know we're like puppet masters behind the scenes that's for our awesome. own entertainment. But that's kind of the stuff that happens. Even uh, one bartender too. Uh, he saw two strangers sitting at the bar, like not beside each other. Took right. two shots, put them together. They talked together. A year later, they came in. They're like, "Hey, remember us? Like we've been dating <laughs> for a year because of you." Oh, that's fantastic yeah yeah so it's, I, I like those little moments like there's so many fun stories about people getting together and that mm-hmm. that's that's such a movie thing though like, you can't write that yeah where yeah it's like, that it's like reminds me of i was just watching it recently with uh, uh the office like steve carell and will ferrell like trying to figure it out which ones was like i'm just i got a phone call let me go sorry i'm just on the phone right now yeah but no that's really sweet guys that's awesome yeah it's cool it's a magical place dude it's amazing but- <laughs> i can feel the love i can feel the love yeah. and the tension in the air yeah but uh yeah i wanted to mention to people like I'm releasing this the day of the movie. So tonight, oh, no. ladies and gentlemen, at the Carlton Theater, you can see Knuckleball. And I believe it's going to be there for about a week or so. About right? a week or so, yeah. And I think we're going to we're gonna release something. I think Peterson and I may be there on the 18th. Nice, so I nice. Think that's, I think that's in the works. Cool. So. Are you guys going to do like a little Q&A there yeah, as well? I believe so, yeah. That's on, I think that's all being fine-tuned right now. But if it changes, then I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of what's going to happen so those listening please come out and uh 
you'll see Mike and I. Nice, nice. Definitely be there. Like I like I said a couple times, I fucking love that film. Oh, thank and you. it's cool that you mentioned that your original thing you wanted to be Bugs Bunny, but you ended up being <laughs> Wiley Coyote. Exactly, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so you're getting there. You're close to like I've you're always, like you're like one degree of separation from your dream. There you go. Yeah, well, I've always wanted to be the villain. I was like, I don't know why I've always been a like, especially with, like comics and stuff with like with Joker and even You're like Magneto and stuff. And like, it's always those always seem like fun. I don't know why. So it's always been fun. Yeah, awesome, Monroe. And yeah, feel free to come back. Your next project. I love talking to you. Yeah, and man, absolutely you. for sure. Yeah. I think they've got a couple things coming up in the new year, so I'd, well, definitely uh, I'll be back. Great, man. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Girth Radio. And hey, hey, I'm back with Sammy Yunin. Yes. That was a good interview, Sean. That was fun. Yeah, that was a great interview. (laughs) We're all about honesty here, right? Yeah. I want to break the fourth wall. We literally just recorded the intro. Press stop. Press record. My guest is still coming. but Yeah. That was one of the greatest ones ever. What a gentleman. Watch him be an asshole and then fuck up that comment. I know. Yeah, it's, good fine. it's all good. Yeah, but uh, yes, Sammy's here. Last year, like we mentioned in the intro, we went to Horrorama. We went to Blood in the Snow. We're doing it again this year. We are fucking amped. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you. I think you're more in the know of what's going on this year than me. I have yet to really dive in and see what's playing or anything. Yeah, but- so I'll start actually with this weekend. You have uh, some good choices. So uh, you you mentioned Knuckleball, which is playing as well this weekend, but also... This week till the the October 11th to the 19th is the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Mm. And so there's all kinds of really good sci-fi, horror, sci-fi horror kind of movies <laughs> playing. Um, uh, there's even one, a J.J. Abrams World War II horror movie called Overlord. Cool, cool. So that's playing. Yeah, so that's uh, Toronto After Dark. You can follow Geek Hard, uh, you who, who are guests on your show. Yeah, yeah, they were guests probably about... Uh Eight to ten episodes ago. Like, I recommend you guys uh, listening to that one. Um, Andrew and Mr. Green were in here. And, uh, yeah, you get to know their brand and everything. It's just, like, great live show they do every Friday. Sammy's often a guest on there. They talk about comic books and movies and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, so that's that's going on now. So check that out. Last year was fun. I saw Mayhem. With the guy who was uh, Glenn on The Walking Dead, it was like, oh, cool, yeah, cool. that's a good movie. Actually, you'd like that yeah, one. Mayhem, yeah. mayhem, all right, yeah. All right. uh, it's a bunch of office coworkers get infected, and then they start turning on each other. Well, actually, you know what? I seen the poster for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was well advertised around here. It was, yeah. It was a lot of fun. So that's the kind of stuff you can get at uh, Toronto After Dark. Uh, coming up, then the first weekend in November is Horrorama. Where you hung out with uh, Mrs. Centipede. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> Ashley C. Williams. I forgot about that interview. Yeah, so basically, uh, Sammy and um, Je- our friend Jen hooked me up with interviewing the sen- the human centipede. Um, Ashley was the center of the centipede. <laughs> and what was. That's how you roll. You don't yeah. get the beginning of the end, you yeah. get the middle. She went right for it. Um, <laughs> And that was such an interesting day because prior to that interview, we watched a release of uh, one of her movies that's been out where she's a lead in it. And again, just another grotesque fest. This The version we watched at um, Horrorama was actually banned in Canada. We were, we were locked in a room 
and just because she has a scene where she cuts somebody's dick off <laughs> and they actually like show it yeah and so like i watched that earlier in the afternoon the rest of my day was ruined i went <laughs> i probably had the weirdest vibe i interviewed her and what was weird about that interview too was her her uh, son, who was about two years old, was kind of like running around us, like climbing on us. And I'm talking about super cute guy too. Yeah, he was he was so pleasant, which made me feel awful <laughs> about talking to her about eating shit and cutting people's dicks off. And yeah, she's we, been like naked and splattered in blood and whatever. Yeah, and yeah. People are talking to her about that stuff. Like fans are coming up, and her son just like hanging out. Yeah, yeah, just playing with his action figures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it was it was quite a contrast. But uh, yeah, that's that's what happens when you uh, work for Girth Radio. And I thank you, Sammy, for yeah. all these weird stories I get from doing this shit. Uh, this year will be fun. Uh, some of the people at Horrorama that you can see is uh, Louis Del Grande. He is known as the first guy whose head erupted in a shocking big blast in scanners. He was the first Ooh. guy whose head popped off in the Cronenberg film. So that's his claim to yeah, fame. Yeah, yeah. He's a meme now. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> so, it's like when somebody says something, gives you like some good advice, and you just send that. It's like, <laughs> boom, my head. That's it. So yeah. you can talk to him as a meme. Uh, <laughs> D. Wallace, who was in The Howling and Cujo, two different dog kind of movies. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of people, and if you go to horrorama.ca and it's on uh, 918 Bathurst Street, it's forty dollars for the whole weekend. It's just the two days, November third and fourth. That's a lot of fun, and there's a whole like um, exhibition kind of thing and tables, and you can buy all kinds of horror stuff and T-shirts and yeah, videos. I wanted to mention that as well. I was so impressed with the setup. It was yeah, it was basically like uh, I don't know is. It's in the same venue again, right, Sammy? Yeah, 918 yeah. Bathurst Street. So this is this, in the annex. This venue is like kind of like a house with like three floors, and it's just full of amazing stuff. And I remember, like, uh, I got hit with a ton of bills last year, and I was like, so I didn't go nuts buying everything, but I was just like, oh my god, I want that, I want that, like from T-shirts to like just like weird movies, comic books, and props, and-, and um, there's people sitting at their tables who are like movie directors or producers or actors and the comic book makers and just everything like the people who make the clothing and there was a horror mu- or a magician last year too Ryan Brown yeah, yeah I talked yeah. to him yeah, yeah he did some cool. really cool tricks yeah he broke our mind and like I'm sure this year is going to be even bigger like cuz mm-hmm. yeah the momentum's happening so yeah, and then the last thing I told you, this is a good like October, and like Netflix is cranking out horror, everybody's cranking out horror. The last thing is uh, we mentioned, you mentioned the Blood in the Snow Canadian Film Festival, and that's uh, November twenty two to uh, the twenty seventh, bloodinthesnow.ca, and it's all at the Royal Cinema, so it's also a good hood. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this year too, they have like a whole, um, what do you call it, like a. Um, the deadly exposure film industry market. So they have people there with like panels and stuff talking about uh, distributing your horror film, how to make the horror film, funding. So they're, they're, Blood and Snow is great because it's trying to equip people to make Canadian horror. Because our Canadian horror is a little bit different than the American horror. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like ours is like a little um, looser in a way? Like there's not as many rules and stuff? Yeah, and um, there's also like... Um, I think there's a little bit more like darkness to it just because of the winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we lose a little bit of the hope. Although, oh, like the the script writers are just like in their basement, can't go outside. It's cold and just 
thinking of creepy ass <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then we're also very isolated too. Like once you go out into the middle, like Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and those places, mm-hmm. and it's just cold and frozen. It's just does that isolation. Yeah, so, you can really get in the depths of your mind. And, yeah, yeah, and not come out. Yeah, and cheers to these brave souls who would share that with people because, like, uh, like I mentioned that Ashley Williams movie, like somebody should be arrested <laughs> for that one. But that's the beauty of these festivals too. Like you'll see some grimy stuff that uh, maybe didn't hit like a major theater, not because it wasn't good, but just because it might be uh, not able to be commercialized due to ratings and all this other stuff so it's totally like all about the art of uh, horror like all these uh festivals that uh, sammy's talking about and the other interesting thing too is it it, all this sounds really grim like a lot of body counts (laughs) yeah yeah blood and guts and human centipede and whatever else is going on but horror fans are actually super cool people they're really nice they're really generous for their sweethearts yeah i compare them to metal fans too like you go to like a metal show and everybody's just like they seem kind of cuddly in a way and it's like the music hits and everybody gets smashed together and like it's all cool (laughs) nobody's like punching each other really but um yeah it, it might be because like horror fans and like people who listen to extreme music that's their way of like having an outlet where like who knows, like, some guy could be, like, listening to Taylor Swift all day. He doesn't have that energy outlet, and, like, somebody just cuts him off, and then next thing you know, he's, like, punching a car or something. So, <laughs> got to work it all out. Horror, metal, medicinal, and... Uh, can we throw in magic? In magic, yes. You can always throw in magic. Oh. You're magic, Sammy. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, all that stuff, uh, I'm sure Sean, I'll give Sean the links. He can put them up uh, as part of the show notes for this episode. Yeah. And uh, feel free to come by and check out any of this stuff. Like Sean said, he and I will be putting around one or two or the three these days. Um, and you can follow us on the Twitter, my pal Sammy, for me, and you're... At Sean Sirianni. And, uh, yeah, also follow at Girth Radio. You see all of our stuff, see Karim stuff, see everybody uh, rocking stuff. Um, I want to add one more thing. Yeah. This is the stuff I mentioned was all Toronto based, but if you find yourself in Seattle in the next little while, there's a museum of popular culture. It's literally right beside the Space Needle. And there's a horror section now in the Museum of Popular Culture. Oh, no way. It's called Scared to Death. And I went and visited it because I was in Seattle. Cool. And they have um, that little box that opens up from Hellraiser. They have no way. Freddy Krueger's like sweater. It's like a museum. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> Shit, Sammy. Yeah. They have the mask from the new Michael Myers one, the, like the wrinkles and all that stuff. Oh, cool. It's scary as hell. And oh yeah, I took a photo of that. I'll post it up too. Wicked. Yeah, we'll put it on the the show page for this episode. And like I mentioned in the intro, if you are listening to this on iTunes. Stitcher or Google Play. Go to www.girthradio.com. Every episode has its own page. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you'll get to see pictures, links to uh, the trailer for Knuckleball. You'll be able to find where you can buy tickets to uh, Horrorama, Blood in the Snow, all that. Just everything we talked about. This is a jam packed episode. This is a jam packed. Before it. I go, I got to ask you. Who do who's your favorite horror like monster or creature? Is it like Jason Ooh, or Freddy or Okay The Creature from the Black Lagoon? Like you can go any, like old school, new school, yeah. the mummy. This is this is a tricky one. Um hmm. can I think about it? I'm I'm gonna think about it and you guys at home might like uh he, hear the cut. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> 
click. <laughs> I know. It's a hard question, right? It is. It is. I wish I prepared something great for this. Um, I want to say I know this is so, so cliche. And you're going to go home and kill, kick yourself because you're like, I should have said this Yeah, guy. yeah. I should have said this guy's so much cooler. <laughs> yes. Um, But uh, I think just one that just... Uh, like really fucked me up as a kid and i think like a lot of people was jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. um i used to always go to like cottages and camping and friday the 13th movies were kind of my first exposure to horror movies we have a crystal lake in ontario too. yeah yeah and it's like yeah there's just stuff like that and every time you go to like go camping in ontario it just looks like crystal lake and i remember just being a kid going to the outhouse and just thinking that there's gonna be a machete stabbed through it and just (laughs) like just like you think the worst like you're just in your tent up at night (laughs) and like so those movies like for the younger age that i gotta give props to the classic uh killer Mm -hmm. jason Voorhees. what about you sammy I'm a Freddy man. Yeah, Freddy yeah. Krueger. I like, because uh, Freddy was different than uh, Jason and Michael Myers because he had that sarcasm too. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, uh, I think it was in the second one where he, like, takes over that school bus and he's like, I'm driving the bus now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you are. Let's yeah, do yeah. this. After the first movie, he basically turned into a comedian. Yeah. It was just, like, all one-liners and stuff. Like, yeah, Yeah, I cool. think in the Dream Warriors, there's one where he grabs this girl and he shoves her into the TV, like, face first, so he kills her. Yeah. He's like, look, you're on TV now. I'm like, I don't know, that stuff cracked me up. It's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, actually, my favorite uh, horror entity, it isn't from a movie... But they did, so it's originally from a video game, and they did make a bad horror movie out of it, but Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. Silent Hill. Wasn't there a couple of Silent Hill movies? Yeah, there was a handful of them, and it never got the vibe of the game down. And the game Silent Hill 2 is the one with Pyramid Head in it, and there's just like a lot of symbolism of why Pyramid Head is appearing, and it's based on the main character's like uh, just mind like and it's just there's layers and layers and podcasts and like hour-long interviews you can hear about the character development of this guy and why he's losing his mind sexually and like aggressively and like that's what pyramid kind of comes for it's like a a weight of guilt on his shoulders and pyramid heads always walking around with this giant knife so that represents the weight and his weight is killing him mentally so in his physical form the pyramid head is actually like trying to kill him with a weighted knife and stuff well you went deep yeah yeah and that's like me just scratching the surface if you look up silent hill 2 this game it's fucking insane and like some people don't even know what the creator was going through it's like crazier than some movies i've watched yeah yeah no that i saw i think i saw the first one i don't think any of that was in there no no like they didn't have time they're just like and even with the the game like all the creatures in the game kind of relate to the character's mind which in none of the silent hill movies they really say that they just kind of maybe looked at a poster of the game be like oh this is a cool monster here this is a cool monster here we'll just have them like come up out of nowhere (laughs) and like but they never really ever like in the movie adaptations have connected the depth of like what that it really is yeah. it's almost like uh, when i hear people who talk about like uh 
people who read a lot of books, not me, but every time the movie is made of the book, they're oh, just yeah. like, oh, it's never as good. It's never as good. That's how I feel about Silent Well, Hill. it's the same. It sounds like what you're describing is the same thing with House of the Dead, mm-hmm. right? That was not a game that went to a movie and then it was like terrible. It just was like, I didn't have anything from the the video game. Yeah, yeah. It was just... That some people buy the title, you know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm too lazy. I just want the title. And then fucking nerds like me end up going seeing it. It's like, doesn't. Speaking of, you can listen to Sammy's Venom interview <laughs> <laughs> on the latest episode of Geek Hard. Oh my goodness, that movie is so bad. <laughs> Amazing. Can I give you just a quick snapshot of how bad that movie is? Yes. So the Venom goo obviously is like <laughs> infecting people. It's one of those kind of horror movie things, right? And so. The, you know the person's infected because their eyes will flicker with the goo, right? Mm-hmm. The venom goo infects this like eight-year-old girl. She's with her mom at the airport, and then she becomes she becomes inhabited with the venom goo. She walks away from her mom. Mom doesn't even know that the eight-year-old girl in this busy airport has just walked away. Fine, whatever. <laughs> no uh, Amber Alert, nothing for the girl. Fine, whatever. <laughs> this movie's so unrealistic. <laughs> Wait, and then the goo venom girl shows up at the secure underground laboratory facility where there's cameras and scanners and eye things and whatever. How'd this girl get in here? <laughs> <laughs> She's venom. <laughs> venom goo's not that smart. And so, yeah. And none of the security cameras or anything are worried about like this little girl wandering around. It's the middle of the night, too. Yeah. No motion sensors, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, look, I I can buy the venom goo on its own, but you you you're working me hard with like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a little I too feel, much. I totally understand. <laughs> That's so incredible. yeah, no, that movie was awful. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love I love how this is like the sequel to that geek card episode. Yeah. Now, I I know you could keep going even when uh, you did your little spiel on the episode. I had a feeling you had <laughs> yeah. like more things to just roast yeah. and everything. Yeah, because even like before we started recording the episode, I said to Andrew, "Do we really have to talk about this?" Because yeah, we told everybody we are. Yeah. So, but all of us, like even when we went out, we went to uh, me and James and Andrew. We went out to dinner afterwards, and we just kept trashing the film. It's just so bad. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. So, in conclusion, go see Knuckleball. Skip Venom. <laughs> Skip Venom. Go to Horrorama. Go to Bits. Yeah. And anything else you want to say? The so? Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Fuck so, yeah. And then, if you have time, go to the new Halloween uh, movie, the new Michael Myers movie. Awesome. And yeah. yeah, Sammy, thanks for being on this episode. This was fun. Yeah. And thank you for everything you've given me. Like, this started out like the podcasting started out as a hobby and now it's turned into something serious for me and it's my favorite thing to do it's all i fucking think about and uh people like you have brought my vision to life in a way and I, you, I appreciate it so much man yeah your episode 50 where you talk about like your whole mantra and your yeah. credo and your manifesto is fantastic anybody who's ever thinking about doing a podcast or wants to do a podcast Listen to episode 50 of Sean's Creative Imbalance. Thanks, Sammy. Actually, like, I'm so vulnerable about that one. I haven't even listened to it back. I don't remember what I said, but people were like, whoa, that's deep. And I'm yeah. like, was it? Okay, cool. But I yeah, know. yeah. I couldn't tell if we were like breaking up at the beginning when I was listening to it or like, oh, what's shit. going on? Like, you went, oh, you opened up that heart. Oh, great, so, great. Yeah. yeah, maybe in a couple of years I'll listen to it back. What's, yeah. Do another one for episode 100. Will do, will do. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, cheers, man. There is no more.
Live from the center of the earth, girth. 